This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome to Cruise Control on this first edition of the new new year. Different new year, of course. Uh, I'm joined by my friends, uh, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello and uh, welcome everybody after your nice Chinese New Year long weekend break. And of course, Ali Johan. Hello, Ali. Hey, good evening, gentlemen, Daniel and Richard. I'm loving the empty roads and uh, very smooth and breezy traffic this week. It's blissful. As usual, a show in three parts. We'll be starting off uh, with some uh, news and some car launches. Then on to uh, a bit of a trend. We'll be talking about uh, <laughs> Malaysia's most stolen car. Let's have a little bit of a poll at the beginning, you know, just, just for fun. Think about what it might be and then let us know what you think it is by getting us on WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. In about 20 minutes, you'll find out what it is. And then at the end, part three, it's a review. It's the BMW 330Li. So stay tuned for that. Ali, what have we got then? Okay, in terms of news this week, Hyundai Samdabi Motors just announced the facelift model of the Hyundai Palisade, which is a big luxury SUV. And it's now available for booking at all of their authorized dealerships and also online. The new Palisade has a new look, uh, some upgrades on the inside, of course, but that will also jack up the price a little bit more. We'll find out a bit more about what it has from Daniel. I think most striking with this new Palisade is it's been on sale in Malaysia for a number of years now, but it wasn't their top seller. Um, but at the end of last year, as we were changing government after elections, the young Dipertuan Agong was seen arriving in one Palisade and now the interest in this luxury SUV has been reignited. Uh, of course. <laughs> The funny thing is with the Hyundai Palisade, uh, first of all, it was uh, promoted years ago when it was first launched in the US, promoted by BTS. I'm sure you know the band BTS. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny to get a boy band to promote a family vehicle. But it seemed to have worked because why? You know, a lot of young people watch BTS and also uh, middle-aged people watch BTS. And I think they're going to tell their parents, hey, you know, BTS promotes this car, so we should buy it. Apart from that, it's also a good-looking vehicle. It's big. It's it's very intimidating in terms of the front face. And it's a Hyundai. And Hyundai have been gathering a lot of pace in the last few years for quality, reliability, after sales, overall uh, look and feel. And, you know, they do have very good engines. Mm. So this has been a good product to come to Malaysia. But they didn't sell a lot. Have you seen one on the road? Not at all, actually. Uh, no, actually. Okay. I, I saw one and that was because I was test driving it. But <laughs> apparently they sold... <laughs> A couple of dozen units and I think the reason for the slow sales was the asking price. So the initial launch, which was about one and a half years ago, they had two versions of the turbo diesel and two versions of the 3.8 litre V6 petrol, which of course is not the best seller because of the engine CC. Now with the new facelift, there's some small little you know upgrades on the interior, but it's a major facelift on the front. So if you don't park both vehicles side by side, you actually won't notice the facelift. You have to park it side by side to notice. So this is the thing that's get me because the old price against a new price is there's almost a forty to 50,000 ringgit upward movement. Now that's a lot of money. Now I'm thinking to myself, it could be currency exchange because this is fully imported, you know, cost of uh, transportation and logistics on ships have gone up. 
But 40, 50,000 seems quite a lot for something costing less than 400,000 ringgit. So the new prices for the top version is 399,000 ringgit and for the diesel is 368,888. Like before, the diesel will probably sell more because it's a 2.2 litre and it's a very nice diesel, the same diesel engine used in the the new Sorento, which was just launched, and also the Kia Carnival. Hmm. But the price, yeah. I think it's going to be hard. You know, even with BTS promoting it, I think it's going to be very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know why BTS is part of the promotion, actually. They are a seven-piece band. Okay. And this car is a seven- or eight-seater SUV, right? Oh. Okay, yes, correct. Oh, so we can fit the smart. whole band, man. So fit the whole band, but not the equipment. Korean, so they're small anyway. <laughs> they're already skinny. Skinny like you, love, Richard. <laughs> Mate, um, how long has it been since we've actually seen each other in person? Too long and I'm being nice. Yeah, and I'm not skinny anymore. <laughs> right, okay then. From BTS and behind the scenes to something new. Yeah, so another car launched this week. Uh, Jaguar Land Rover Malaysia recently announced the all-new fifth-generation Range Rover L460. Yes, L460 is the code name for it. We all know the Range Rover. It's always been the you know popular car with you know people of money, uh, mm. senior ministers. So now comes the brand new Range Rover. It's an all new Range Rover, and I know you know looking at it, it looks very much like the previous one, except they've slimmed down the lights, they've changed the grille, they've smoothened the body, they've smoothened the edges. But again, it's a Range Rover. It is so intimidating, and it's I think it's really beautiful. Okay, I, I agree. I agree. It looks like it's had a Hollywood facelift. Yes. A proper nip and tuck, okay? Yes. <laughs> but before we go into the vehicle and the pricing and everything else, I'm going to ask Richard this question. Oh, don't, no, you're not. No, don't you're you not. Think, don't you think this Range Rover looks better than uh, a Rolls-Royce no Cullinan? Than a what? Rolls-Royce Cullinan. Yes. You yes, think so? I do. Yes, because I do. Because I think so. And I'm thinking anybody who buys a Rolls-Royce Cullinan is probably just buying it for the badge. Because this vehicle is almost the same size. The rear looks almost the same. And it's large, you know? Mm. You see, the thing is about the Cullinan, I, I don't like the front of the Cullinan. It's, it's, okay. I, I know it's typical Rolls-Royce, but it's yeah. too square. It's too boxy. You know, this, this Range Rover, as always, it's got, it's got some nice curves to it. Exactly. They, they, they've smoothed out the edges really nicely. Mm, mm. So anyway, this is coming in, but only one is coming to Malaysia first. It's a 4.4-litre turbocharged V8 with 530 horsepower and 750 newton metres of torque. My I think, word. I think this is coming in first because of supply issue also in UK, the demand for this vehicle is so high. That is why also it's a little bit late in arriving. It's CBU, so they could have brought it in earlier, but it's just, you know, the demand is just ridiculously high. And, you know, it's, it's packed with a lot of features and everything else. Now, you can go online and look at the pictures and, and, and watch the video and everything uh, from the UK launch. But what I want to say now is, if you think about it, the highest spec Range Rover before was around 1.3, 1.4 million, you know, depending on how many boxes you ticked on the option list, right? You could go up to 1.5, 1.6, definitely. This, it is rumored, you heard it here first, price is going to start from 1.8 million. What? So if you tick the right boxes, you could touch 2 million and be a winner. <laughs> oh my word. And that's with full taxes, full taxes included. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful vehicle. But, uh, yeah, no. I, no. It's, but it, it's still it, a lot cheaper than a Cullinan. 
Yeah, well, yes, yes. You know, it's and beautiful. They're both British. Yeah, what, what are they, though? Are they? Oh, we're not going to go down that road and start having this whole thing again. Um, I mean, I, the picture that you've posted on your website, you know, the, the, the kind of champagne color. Yes. I think that, that's really nice. But I, I'd have one in a different color, given the choice. No? Right. Wouldn't you? Somehow or other, I think for any Range Rover, it's got to be a dark color. Agreed. And right. then you you want all the chrome bits to stand out, you know? Yeah, yeah. All the chrome bits to stand out, all the dark windows, the whole thing. You've got to do the whole thing. The but then again... It doesn't do it for me, no. Whoever wants to buy it, it's their choice. That's right. It also looks very mm, minimalistic inside. Yes, and that's good because you know why? The cabins are getting less busy. Remember Mercedes-Benz years ago? They had so many buttons and little switches right. to operate everything. And then slowly you got less and less and then bop, a touch screen came in and they got no more buttons and knobs. Which is good and bad because some people love those little buttons because they can memorize it while they're driving without looking down, you know? Mm. It's, uh, but anyway, this is the, the modern generation and everyone wants a touch screen and they've given it in this vehicle. So yeah, two grand... SUV launches already in Malaysia this week. First uh, with the Hyundai Palisade and now uh, incoming Range Rover L460 set to enter the Malaysian market mid-February. As, as soon as that, uh, Daniel? Yes. Cool. So, you know, we always have EV news and um, this week is no different. Another kind yes. of EV news because, as we mentioned at the top, we just passed the CNY festive season. It looks like most Malaysians who chose to drive their electric vehicles to Balik Kampung found that the battery charging was not a big issue at all. And how do we know this? Daniel has been monitoring the activities and reports on the Malaysian EV owners' Facebook group and uh, he found no serious complaints regarding the DC charging ports along the highway. Tell us more, Daniel. Mm. Yes, so EV is the talk of the town. You have to monitor these things and, you know, I have to understand why people are going to EV and understanding whether they're having a good time with it or they're having problems with it. Now, initially, there were some complaints about, you know, charging stations, availability, whether they're mm-hmm. working or not and everything else. I think the people running these charging stations and also the new ones that were installed made sure for this Chinese New Year, there will be no hiccups because of the high number of EV owners that would be traveling out station. Just before Chinese New Year, a whole bunch of uh, people got to take home the new BYD uh, EV SUV. Another whole bunch of people got to take back their Great Wall Aura Good Cat EV car. Mm-hmm. Now, most of these people, the first thing they said is, I'm going to go out station. I'm going to go back to Balai Kampung. I'm going to show it to my family. I'm going to show it to my friends. I'm going to show it to my dad and mom. So this is what they did. And they all traveled using the respective EV apps for the charging stations. Now, as they were traveling, I was monitoring every few hours what's going on in the Facebook group because these people are so diligent in updating their Facebook page on what is going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Pictures, location, how long it takes them to charge, how long long before they had to charge, their driving time, battery economy, you know? I mean, I found this really quite interesting because they're so hardworking, you know? Mm -hmm. You You don't get it from other car drivers, you know? But with the EV owners, the owners are also trying to educate non EV owners, hey, listen, it's not that difficult. You know, mm, right? it's not that yep. big an issue. So the same people also, a bunch of them started giving suggestions of what would make it better. Of course, it's already good. A lot of them had a good experience going up. Coming down, a lot of them have already come back. There's still more to come back. But they've already started sharing what could be done more. So some of them said, okay, you know, deploy more stalls, connectors at the highway locations. Because why? 
in a festive season or a long weekend, there are much more users coming in. And you know, now you've got a bunch of EV owners, but they're not growing by 10, 20%. They're growing by 100% every few months because the huh. deliveries are coming by the hundreds, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing is to expand the R&R area so that EV charging points don't impinge on existing parking areas. Now, this is going to be very difficult because right now, if you travel outstation on any given weekend, don't have to say long weekend, any given weekend, the R&Rs are jam-packed. So increasing charging spots and, and increasing parking areas, I don't think is going to be so easy so fast. Mm. But this is what they're asking. And then, of course, there's a lot of them asking, you know, can you deploy more charging areas on... I mean, everyone talks about the plus highway, that's the main highway, but the other highways, which will come gradually. But I think they need to do it a bit faster because not everybody lives along the plus highway today, you know? Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people going into different directions. Then, of course, they want, you know, North KL, West Coast Highway, so that people will take different routes and, and leave the, the main highway less crowded. But, you know, again, it takes more time. Then there's talk about East Coast of Malaysia. East Coast of Malaysia is always an issue because why? There's less traffic, there's less issue, there's less development, there's less highways there. But with new highways coming up to Trungano and Klantan and also new connectivity, um, I think EV charging should be done, EV uh, charging points should be done quickly. You know? Yeah. Because without it, People living or knowing knowing families that live there might think twice about buying an EV. But once you know you've got charging facility on the way, it might give them a better motivation to go and buy an EV. So there were suggestions like this. So these are all things that you've got to take into consideration. You've got to understand nothing can happen very fast. For what it is right now, I think the EV market is mature enough for people to understand what's going on. The charging stations are coming up fast enough. Um, the providers are making sure that their charging stations are working and running properly. The only setback still, which a lot of people mention, but not in anger, that you have normal car owners, petrol car owners or diesel car owners, and also motorcycles parked at EV charging points. Yeah, I've seen this just around here as well. Mm. So in my yeah. article, I even shared a picture of a, of a car parked in an EV charging point. So this is going to continue for even some time. It's a, it's a matter of education. Yeah. Very different story to what we were talking about last year as well, I think. I think last year we were complaining a little bit about the rollouts that didn't seem to be happening fast enough. There we go. Okay, mm. folks, just before we take a break, don't forget at the beginning of the show, uh, we asked you a question. What do you think is Malaysia's most stolen car? Let us know. 18 You'll have the answer when we come right back here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone, of course, as usual, with my friends Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and Ali Johan. Say hello, fellas. Hey, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Now, just a few moments ago, we pitched you a question. What is Malaysia's most stolen car, right? Um, now, how many of you guessed the Myvi? Well, you'd have been wrong. Daniel. I'll give you a little bit of drum roll. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Yeah. I can hear that. I can hear that. Okay, okay. Very faint drum roll. What is Malaysia's most stolen car? Rolls Royce. Oh, no. I'm wrong. <laughs> it's the Proton Vira. Really? Yes. 
I've got to say I'm surprised by this. Yes. Okay. We since you mentioned it 20 minutes ago about you know mm. two two point seven million people messaged you with that's right answers. Yes. Okay. So now we have to tell all of them. Most of them. Some of them were right, but it's Proton Vera now. Why is it Proton Vera? Um, Recently, there was a survey done uh, by independent party and they said, you know, again, after a few years running, the Proton Vira remains the most stolen car in Malaysia. Now, I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. And I'll tell you why. Now, even up to recently, when I wanted to buy a car for my son, you know, for him to start driving, a lot of people suggested, hey, get him a Vira, man. Nice car, easy to maintain. I said, no, 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 never Vira. Okay. They say, oh, why is it because it's not safe? I said, no, no, it's not because it's not safe, because it's a car that is very easy to steal and a lot of people want to steal it for certain reasons. And then they said, oh, why didn't you get a MyV? I said, well, okay, MyV is, oh, yeah, but you know, MyV is also hot on the thieves list, lah, you know, mm. but mm-hmm. not as popular as a Vira. Then they said, what are you going to get? I said, okay, a Perdua Clisa. Yes, also people want to steal it, but not so popular as mm. yet. As yet, okay, it's getting there. So why the Vira is the most popular? Very simple. Plenty on the road, okay? Plenty mm. on the road. Massive amount of these cars were sold, were made and sold in Malaysia. From the time it was launched, I think it was running for from 1993 to 2009. Can you imagine one model running for that long a time? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? And they had a few engine variants. They had 1.3, 1.5, 1.6, 1.8. The 1.8 is the most desirable, not for thieves, but for buyers. The <laughs> 1.3 and the 1.5, the less desirable. The 1.6 is the one that's really hot. But anyway, that body shape, whether sedan or aeroback, four-door, hot on the market. So again, why is it the most popular? Very simple. Car thieves love this car because it's easy to dispose. Very, very easy to dispose because there's so many on the road. People need spare parts. That's right. Okay. Very few steal them to joyride or use them. Okay. Some of them do, but mostly for spare parts. Because when you when you, when you see these cars that are being stolen, it's not the ramshackle <laughs> broken down ones, you know, which mm. there are a lot running around. It's the nice, pristine condition ones. Because Why? If you steal one, you can sell all the body parts because there are so many in the road. So many other had small accidents. They need parts. To go and buy a brand new part, it's expensive or some of them you can't even get anymore. So if you get a stolen car, you just break it down. They have these you know, illegal workshops all over the country. You just break it down and you can break down this car in a day. You know? Mm-hmm. You can, you know, tail lamps, grill, um, uh, windscreens, glass, side view mirrors, uh, even seats, because some of them, the seats are older ones and the seats are all torn and whatnot. You get a slightly used one, eh, not bad. La. Dashboards and then engine parts. Engine parts, you can sell the engine whole or you can even sell it in parts because why? Wear and tear. So many cars on the road, wear and tear is high. So these cars, I mean, I've heard rumors that they go for between 3,000 to 5,000 ringgit when they're stolen. Now, when a, when you buy a brand new, I mean, when you buy a second-hand Vira today, it's also that price, three to 5,000 ringgit. Yeah. Huh? So for the car thief, you know, first of all, it's easy to get in because why? Nobody's going to spend a lot of money putting in a high-tech uh, alarm system. Number two, a lot of them don't have GPS trackers on it. A long time yeah. ago, Proton introduced GPS trackers, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people didn't renew their tracking contract because why? The people who buy these cars are not well-to-do because it's three mm. to 5,000 ringgit. Mm. And renewing a GPS tracker means you've got to pay some money every month. So they don't renew. So the cars have no GPS tracker. Some of them don't even use a steering lock or, or a gear, gear lock as a deterrent. They don't mm-hmm. even give that as a deterrent. Right? 
So it's easy to pick the lock, get in and drive away. Yeah. So the other popular cars that are being stolen is, of course, the Proton Iswara, the Proto Myvi, the Toyota Hilux, which is the number one stolen pickup truck in the country for year on year, despite all the things that Toyota does to put in, you know, a proper alarm system and everything. But because the value is so high up north in a country called Thailand, you know, mm. and right. Burma and everywhere else. So the cars, the, the Hilux gets driven right across the border and bap, disappears. And then of course, Mercedes-Benz because another popular car and you can sell it for parts. That's why. Mm. Well, there you go, folks. Those of you that sprang for the Weera, congratulations. Give yourselves a little pat on the back. Now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we've got a review for you. It's the BMW 330Li. Don't go anywhere. This is Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury, as usual, with Ali Johan and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. We've had two segments so far, uh, speaking about some news and some car launches earlier on with the Hyundai Palisade, the new Range Rover that's coming to town, and how EV drivers have been faring during uh, the CNY Malik Kampung season. Then, of course, we spoke about Malaysia's most stolen car, the Proton Weera, of all things. Now, for today's car review, the BMW 330Li. Daniel, take it away. Okay, when I first um, found out about the 330Li, it was actually a few years ago, uh, because uh, this car was developed by BMW just for China. Can you believe it? Just for China. Hmm. Huh. Okay. And they also had a 5 Series Li just for China. So what is Li? Li basically is extended wheelbase, you know. Hmm. Not okay. a full, not a full limousine. Okay, mm. just a little bit longer. Now, a little bit longer means about 110 mm. That's all you get extra in the back, in the back for your legroom. So I thought to myself, "Hiyo, I know that like, consumers are a little bit, you know, weird, <laughs> but 110 mm. How much difference does it make?" The next thing I was thinking is, "So I've been to China a few times. It's not like all of them are as tall as Richard Bradbury, <laughs> you know." Yeah. <laughs> they all my my height are shorter. Why do they need this le- extra legroom? You know, right? Then I was trying to think. You know, okay, maybe it's because you know they want something different. They want something to look different. But then when you look at the Li, the three series, the, the previous one that came out, and of course this is the latest version. Then even the five series, it, you hardly notice it unless I tell you. You'll not notice that the, the rear door is slightly longer. You know? Ah, yeah. One look, you say ah, three series lah. Uh, if you park it side by side, of course, you'll see the bumper jutting out a bit front and back. But again, it's so small, the difference, you'll hardly notice. And then only if I mention, you say, oh, yeah, do it's a bit longer. Oh, yeah, there's a little bit of leg room at the back. But again, you know, even for tall Malaysians, even for, for a tall person like you, Richard, you get in the back, you say, oh, okay, I've got a little bit of room for my knee. But mm. it doesn't really, you know, it's not a limousine, you know? Mm, mm. So I thought, okay, maybe it's just, you know, the weird nature of uh, consumers of, of premium cars there. And then, of course, Mercedes came into the game and they also built a long wheelbase of their C-Class and E-Class. And then I started thinking, why is this happening? So, the product planning people of these companies told me, the average Chinese consumer who's doing a little bit better in terms of business and everything else wants to have a driver. I see. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So if you get out of a normal three series or a normal five series, it doesn't show that you've got a limousine, right? Mm. And to buy a proper limousine, a really extended long limousine, costs a lot of money. But something like this just costs almost the same, or maybe you know two, three percent, five percent more. Mm. And you know, for the manufacturer in China, when I produce this, I'm not going to sell you know two, three thousand units. Bang! I'm going to sell ten thousand units easily, twenty thousand units easily. Because that's the consumer market there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they decided to do it, and this went on well, and you know they were selling well in China. So suddenly Malaysia said, "Hey, you know, I think eh, we got some customers here, so lah, you know, <laughs> let's try and see." So early last year they launched the three three zero Li here, which is the long wheelbase which we are test driving, and you know we looked at it and said, "Why, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we are not the same kind of consumer." Again, I don't sell cars. I'm, I could be wrong, and I was wrong this time. There are people who want it. There are people who just want to be slightly different without incurring a lot of cost. So, for the people who bought this car, they just want a little bit of extra room. They just want to say, hey, you know, I've got a different BMW or I've got something that's slightly bigger. It's, it's. I think it's, it's more like a little bit maybe ego. Maybe mm. it's a little bit more. You know, I just want to be known to be driving a long wheelbase car. You know. I, oh, okay, can I ask a question? Yes. How, did you sit in the back of it? Yes, I did. I I had my wife drive it. I sat in the back, and I had my son drive it. And I had both my wife, my wife and me, were sitting in the back also to get a feel of you know whether it makes sense. But and does for it? us it really doesn't make sense because <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say this I'll say this. Okay, number one, we are not tall people, you know. Mm. Number mm. two, um, I don't see a three series buyer in Malaysia. Being chauffeur driven, right? Yeah, you know, if it's a car that is chauffeur driven, it'll be either the X Five or a Seven Series. It just doesn't make sense with the Three Series because it's it's a starter BMW, you know. And the Three Series has always been a driver's car. It's always been a car, oh, you know, handling tight, calves corners. It's always a little bit of excitement with the Three Series. And then when the Five Series got more exciting, especially from the E Sixty onwards, people started saying, "Oh, the E the E Sixty is like a grown up Three Series. You know, it handles this and that." And it does. It, it delivers mm. all that. Mm. So an extended wheelbase version doesn't make sense for a chauffeur-driven car. Because in Malaysia, when you're going to be driven, you you want something really ostentatious to arrive in. You, know? you want some room in the back. Well, room is one thing because most of the people being driven are, you know, my height. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they'll still be comfortable in the back. I wasn't I think- talking about the height. I was talking about the belly. <laughs> but... Now I take offense. <laughs> okay, but anyway, not your I, belly, but you know. Anyway, moving yeah, swiftly but, along. <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly along. Yeah, I think the seven series and the X five makes more sense. And you know, last time, last time BMW had the five GT and the six GT. Those cars are no longer on sale, so those cars also make a lot of sense. But I know people with the six GT being chauffeur driven and the X five, and even the, previously the five GT. So anyway, coming back to this model, it really didn't tweak me, and you know. Even when they asked me, "Do you want to test drive it?" I said, "It's a three series, right? <laughs> you know, mm. same engine. Why do I need to test drive it?" So I just left it, and then they asked me again politely, and I said, "Okay, I'll take it out for a test drive." So when I did take it out for a test drive, same engine, didn't <laughs> didn't change anything. But some people actually came up to me and said, "Oh, you're driving the Li because they saw the badge." Yeah, you know. Oh, can I see the back? And then I I opened the door and said, "Wow, a lot of room." Huh? I'm thinking, "Hey, friend." <laughs> 
110 mm, my friend. <laughs> you know, 110 mm. If I if I don't point it out, you're like, oh, okay. You know, if I if you get a short driver, then you don't need the 110 mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it makes a lot of sense for certain people, and they've been selling it. So when I did the article, I put it up on DSF.my. I actually got some response from some owners saying, "Hey, I bought one. Hey, thank you. Hey, this is a nice car." Okay, there is a group of people who actually like long wheelbase cars. There's a market for everything. Mm. So the price mm. is two hundred and seventy-seven thousand. So what I did was I I just you know played with some figures in my mind and said okay, if I'm going to really get a car with more space, I should get for you know at least go up to the five series, right? But the five mm. series is three hundred and ninety-five thousand. That is a difference of hundred and twenty-three thousand ringgit. That's a lot. So of money. that. Uh, then in, then I said okay lah maybe the guy his business not that good you know <laughs> but he still want to arrive with a driver and yeah. you know the three series and five series eh, one glance looks almost the same you know mm. one glance one glance you know if you're not really a car expert or a car enthusiast say oh which which BM is this but it's a BM slightly longer so at two seven seven you save hundred twenty three thousand instead of buying the five three O I and that is probably why some people bought it two liter engine. Twin power turbo, eight-speed automatic, two hundred and fifty-eight uh, brake horsepower, four hundred newton meters of torque, petrol-driven, simple, straightforward engine, two hundred and fifty kilometers top speed, zero to hundred while you're being driven by your by your sports car driver chauffeur is six point two seconds. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Not it's bad. a it's it's a it's a decent car, you know, and and because it's it's the pre facelift model. Of course, the the major facelift model has just been launched just last month. Mm. So uh, this Li of the of the major facelift model will take maybe another six seven months to arrive in Malaysia. So this car is still for sale. I think you can you know go and squeeze a little bit of a discount because the the pre the the the, the facelift is coming out. So try your luck and see. Right, folks, it's time for us to wrap up for this week. That's all the time we have. But as usual, if you missed any part of the show, recommend you go and download the uh, podcast. It's available from the uh, BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. A show in three parts, like every other week. We've had stories about the Hyundai Palisade, the new Range Rover coming to town, how EV drivers have been dealing with the uh, Balik Kampung uh, season during the Chinese New Year. Then, of course, we spoke about Malaysia's most stolen car. And that review there of the BMW 330 Li, the long wheelbase version, with an extra 110 millimeters. I mean, really? <laughs> okay, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back same time, same place next week here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. Listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.